Hey friends, welcome to the Robin Graham show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Building and scaling a business for long-term success can be stressful, especially for high-achieving women who have fear and anxiety. That is where I come into play. As a business and mindset coach, I help you overcome mindset barriers, find clarity around your purpose and God-led calling, create a personal brand and brand marketing strategy, teach you the behind-the-scenes tech, systems, and processes, and hold you accountable for taking intentional action. Whether you are just starting out or want to scale beyond six figures, my Purpose to Results coaching method will save you time, energy, and money and help you reach your goals, serve more clients, and make more money faster. You don't know what you don't know. You aren't meant to build your business alone, and it doesn't have to be hard and frustrating. I'm here to share all I know with you so that you can build your business with confidence, knowing that you won't be spending money and time without results. Here's what my client, Naomi, recently said about working with me. Robin sees your potential and pushes you to see beyond your fear and instead focus on the possibilities of what you can do. She patiently answered all my questions and shared her vision of all the things I could do with my business. She guided me each step of the way from knowing nothing about starting a business to now being ready to launch. I know I am way ahead of where I would have been. I don't see how people start an online business without her help. It was worth every penny. Are you curious about how I can help you build and scale your dream business? Go to www.therobingram.com and schedule a discovery call with me. You'll be surprised how much we accomplish for your business in just 30 minutes. I can't wait to learn about your business. Talk to you soon. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Robin Graham show. I have a very special guest with me today and someone a little bit different than who we're used to hearing from. We have a man in the house. So we are going to talk all about personal branding today. We're going to talk about your nonfiction brand, and we are going to dive into imposter syndrome. We talked about imposter syndrome way back in 2020. And of course it has been mentioned numerous times since then with different in different conversations with different guests and as well as solo episodes. But today we're going to take a new look at it. And KP is going to give us a completely new perspective on imposter syndrome. And I'm really happy that we're talking about this because I think that we always look at things from the negative perspective first, and we're going to flip this coin today so that we're looking at imposter syndrome from a positive perspective, which is something that does not typically happen. So without further ado, KP Knuton, welcome to the Robin Graham show. And I want to correct you right away. It's DP. Oh my God. Where did I go? Okay. Because this actually is a good conversation to have because 
people will mess up names all the time. And I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And for the longest time, that was almost a form of imposter syndrome where, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm incompetent. I can't do this stuff. No, I do this all the time. No, no. Relax. Breathe. And if you're a good personal brand, you'll say, actually, Robin, it's DP. D stands for David. P stands for Paul. And my last name is pronounced Knutin. Now, and I did get that part. You did. You did. Yeah. But you were so focused on the K that you made it part of DP, which is fine. I and that's did. not a problem because I'm. this is a big takeaway for your listeners. Never apologize for correcting people on the way you want to be called and what your name is. Oh, I, I love kn- that. I love it so much. And you know what? I did mess up your name. And it was because I was so focused on saying the last name and it starts with a K, not a C. And so I was focused on that. And that is how I translated the K for a D. So, and I have your book sitting right here in front of me. I could have easily looked down, but you know what? Guess what? I'm human and I have a lot on my mind and And I made a mistake. And learn from this too. I'm not offended that someone I've met for all of an hour got my name wrong. I'm not offended at all. I'm delighted to be on your show. You asked me to be on your podcast. I'm going to focus on that, the good part, and not be afraid to correct you if I mispronounce your name. There's a famous scene from the movie Terms of Endearment with, Mm -hmm. oh, who was in it? Oh, I can't remember. This goes way back, but there's a character who from Nebraska goes to New York and her friend from high school lives in New York with kind of her New Yorky friends and all that stuff. And so her former high school friend is introducing her to that group of New York women. And at one point, she introduces her to a woman named Kirsten. And being from Nebraska, where everyone's a Kristen or a Kristen, she said, Kristen? No, whatever the pronunciation is. And she had a kind of attitude about it. Uh And I don't have an attitude about it. It's my opportunity to it's actually a branding opportunity. It is. Think of it this way. Because I get to say, no, it makes sense. You're focused on the K. That's fine. I go by DP. It stands for David Paul or Dark Prince, depending on my mood. Fortunately, today, you you get to talk to David <laughs> Paul. Guess what? You're going to remember me the rest of your life because DP, Dark Prince, ha-ha, funny guy, wasn't mad at me for messing up his name. Conversation flowed from there. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. And the- you know what? It's a perfect example of when you are your true self as your personal brand, you will stand up for what's right as in terms of reflection of yourself. Like you right. want people to know so that they will remember you. So this was actually, we could have even planned this, but we didn't guys, we didn't like, I just genuinely made this mistake. <laughs> but it all factors into what you wanted to talk about, which was syndrome. syndrome. So everybody knows what imposter syndrome is, right? It's that feeling of I'm not as good as someone else. I'm Even though I've done this job for 20 years, I'm really not an expert compared to someone who's done it 24 years. Why should anyone listen to me? I don't know. I'm not a brilliant Nobel Prize winning scientist. Why should I? And everyone just dissolves into this puddle on the floor. And they don't stand up for what is rightfully theirs. I'm standing up in my own little way for my name. Actually, my name is D.P. Knutton. My last name's a bit of a pain in the butt, but that's why I go by 
DP. If someone says, hey, I just got off the phone with DP, they don't ask, which David? Or they don't butcher my last name. They go, oh, DP, one of one. I know one DP. Oh, there's one DP, a brand called DP. Which, and that's the important thing. Absolutely, because I always talk about branding is differentiating yourself communicating yep. what makes you unique. So you may be another David amongst millions, but you are DP. So you are now making it so that you've differentiated yourself. So nobody's going to confuse you with David Paul, that also is a branding expert. And you're making yourself stand out so that there's no confusion whatsoever. Like you're unique. And this is just one of the ways that you're differentiating yourself to be unique. And you said the first job of branding is differentiation. Agree 100%. The second job of branding, personal branding especially, is demonstrating. So what did I just do? I demonstrated who I am, what I do, and how I do it by the way I corrected you. Mm -hmm. Did I make you feel tiny and small and like an idiot? Or did no. I use it as an opportunity to segue right into something valuable, a conversation that hopefully your listeners will find valuable? Yes. And it all goes into the discussion we wanted to have in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I've demonstrated I'm not a toxic male. No, I'm a, you're not. A, I'm an older white male who can laugh at himself, and he can also <laughs> admit, yeah, older white males, we've run the world for a long time, so maybe we should dial it down a little bit. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm not going to dial myself down 100% because I have something to say, and I'm shameless in sharing it because I've developed it over 30 years of professional working. I don't feel like an imposter because I refuse to be. An and you've also, I love that you say you've got the experience to back everything up. But what you said before was that, and what happens a lot of times with people in the entrepreneurial space, especially, is that if you're new to the scene, you see all these other people doing the same things that you've been doing or that you want to do and they have been doing and you do feel intimidated and you do sometimes withdraw and that creates anxiety and creates fear and all of those things, which then leads you to procrastinate because you're not going to do it as good as somebody else. But the reality is if you truly differentiate yourself, you showed the world what makes you unique, what experiences you have that have brought you to this point in your journey to enable you to serve the people that you're meant to serve, then there's no question because everybody else that's out there doing what you do doesn't have the same journey, doesn't have the same experiences, doesn't have those same unique qualities that make you. Exactly. And that yeah. you, you is the only thing you truly own your experience, your story, and your voice. And that's what personal branding is about, is owning those things and then differentiating yourself by demonstrating those things wherever you possibly can. Now, I choose to do that on certain social channels, but not all. Why? Because some of them don't suit me personally, my style, my, my verve, my way of doing things. I'll be honest with you, I hate Facebook. It's like Marrakesh on market day. I'm not interested in going to Marrakesh on market day. Instead, I'm going to do stuff like my own podcast, which I've had you on. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. What a great conversation. Thank and you. that allowed me to meet you one-on-one. -on -one. And guess what? I prefer one-on-one -on -one one -on -one. conversations with people, even yeah. in the way I serve them via the 
products and services that I actually provide in what I do. I don't have, I'm sorry, I got to tell your listeners, I don't have an online course you can buy for $250. Don't have it. I will invite you to go to my website and download some free PDFs to help you get started on your personal branding journey. We can talk about that toward the end of this podcast. But what I do is a one-on-one thing because it's right for me to do Mm -hmm. it one-on-one. Now, again, I don't mind amplifying my voice via a podcast, which I also live stream while we're recording the podcast. Again, social media channels, they're all free. Or put it this way, all of them have a free level that gives you 80% of a paid level for free. I'm going to get that milk from the cow without buying the cow all day long because I understand the value of using those tools to amplify my voice. And the funny thing is, right now, I'm in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, outside Madison, Wisconsin, the capital of Wisconsin, and I'm talking to an audience that could be any place on this globe that has access to a podcast app, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for free. Yeah, for free. And it's really cool that you're talking about amplifying your voice because when we differentiate ourselves, if we don't make ourselves present, we aren't going to become known. And our voice, our appearance, our fashion, Everything about us helps differentiate us from the next person a mile away who does the same thing we do. So I think that's, I think it's really important that you just mentioned all that. And you did mention coming on podcasts like this. And if you truly want to reach the masses and grow your personal brand, this is a great opportunity to do. And again, there are podcasts out there who charge you to be on their show. You and I don't do that. Don't do that. No, that's what I say to anybody. Do not pay to be on a podcast, but There are so many opportunities to differentiate yourself and be present for audiences to hear you and to reach the masses by having conversations, building relationships, and all of those things collectively help differentiate you. Okay. You still haven't really introduced yourself. Now we've done that in a circular way, but just tell the listeners, if you would, DP, a little bit more about you and how you got to where you are today in your journey. Oh, Lordy, what a journey it's been. One, let's start with my current chronological age. Let's just say I'm north of 50 by 10 years, and I've got a salt and pepper beard that's mostly salt. I have three daughters, all of who are in college or one just graduated. You can figure out exactly where I am in the life stage. But the main thing you need to understand professionally is that I've been working in advertising and marketing for almost 30 years now from starting out as a copywriter, meaning I am a writer. I work with words. But the thing about being in an ad agency is, yeah, you write the words, but you also have the visual ideas. You work with an art director partner, you develop that. And then if you're skilled, you climb the ladder to the ultimate position in a creative department is some level of creative director, which I am right now a creative director. And I work with teams and individuals and stuff like that in my full-time job with Southeastern Guide Dogs. Yes, Southeastern Guide Dogs has a creative director. Did you know that? You do now. And I also work with uh, people on the side doing things like personal branding and small business branding, which are the same thing. Shh, don't tell anybody. But it's true. And where did I start? I did improvisational theater for a long time. I did a lot of 
on-camera work and in front of the microphone voiceovers, things like that. And the funny thing is, as a voiceover talent, I'd get this script that was for a 60-second radio commercial. It would have 75 seconds of copy, which means we have to cut some copy or else you got to talk really fast. And most of the time, the situation was talk really fast, which was very painful. But anyway, I would have these scripts and they'd be ungrammatical or they'd be written to be read instead of written to be said. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. What you read on the page in a book is not meant to be read aloud, especially in a radio style commercial. So I kept going, I can do better than that. I can do better than that. And one day, long story short, I discovered I could do better than that and became a copywriter in an ad agency at a time where being a freelance actor wasn't going to get me the family that I wanted. I knew enough about myself to know that I wanted to have a family, which meant I needed to attract a woman. And most women were not interested in long-term relationships with 20-year-old actors who were here, there, and everywhere all the time. And they wanted someone who had a career. So I'm like, what am I suited for? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can write better than that. I should become a writer. I tried it. Long story again. I did, and then started my career as an advertising creative in from the writer's side of the fence, if you will. Since then, again, f- followed that career path, climbed the ladder, and now I'm in what I like to call my Yoda years, which is, remember Luke Skywalker, the dashing young lightsaber swashbuckler? When he wanted to go not just be fast and athletic, but actually become smart and wise... He had to take a X-Wing all the way to Dagobah to hang out with this little green dude in a swamp named Yoda. I'm in my Yoda years, which means I swang, I swang, I I swung a lightsaber for a lot of years. And now I'm working with people on how to swing a lightsaber and sharing that kind of Yoda hard-won wisdom over the years. And I think that's really important for people to understand that your career will have different stages. Yes. And when you reach your Yoda years, it's all about taking all that hard work you did for decades and now sharing it freely as far and wide as you possibly can to the widest possible audience. Because if you're like me, I don't want to just sit on what I've learned. I want to share what I've learned. So exactly. exactly. Welcome to Dagobah and I am Yoda. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And I you're the perfect example for having these life experiences. And I always talk about when you're trying to discover your purpose, you need to marry your values, visions, and passions. And you've really done that with what you're doing today. And every step of your journey led you to where you are and to the skills and the expertise that you have to now help other people do what you have done for yourself for 30 years. Okay. Love your story. So cool. Let's talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah. You've done all these different things. Did you ever experience imposter syndrome from the negative perspective before you developed this positive perception of imposter syndrome? Yeah, every day, (laughs) especially as an actor, 
because you go in and you don't know anything about the script. So the actor years are all about, I feel like an imposter and I don't know if I can do this until you're on stage. The curtain goes up and you do it regardless because the show must go on. And then when I started my career in advertising, shh, don't tell anyone. I have never had an advertising or marketing course in my life. Literally, I was a theater major. I know more about script analysis than Shakespearean scansion. That, that is a word, scansion, the way that text scans. I know more about that than I do about a lot of things having to do with advertising and marketing. But guess what? I've had a very successful career in advertising and marketing because I'm a human being with eyes and ears who paid attention to TV commercials, to radio commercials, to the way I like to be sold to, and the way I understand human beings. People will laugh, but I will tell just about anyone, if you want to go into advertising, become an actor, because that forces you to observe It forces you to understand. It forces you to take a look at things and distill them down to their essence or their essential bits and then synthesize them into a performance or into if you're directing the show or whatever else. So I want to stop you for one second, DP, because something you said, so you have, you do not have a degree in this. And I have heard so many times when we're talking about imposter syndrome, It is that I don't have a degree in this. I didn't go to school to be an author. I didn't go to school to be in marketing or branding. It's okay because everything you've experienced, and if you have a brain and you have eyes and you have ears you and you have walked this journey of life on earth, you have experiences to give you a set of expertise, a set of talents, a set of gifts, not to mention God's probably given them to you anyway. You're just not aware of them yet, or you're still finding them and that's okay. But to say you can't do something because you don't have a certificate or a degree that to me, that's just not an excuse because you're living proof of it. I'm living proof of it. And so many successful people are living proof of that. So if that is holding anybody back and keeping you in that place of that negative imposter syndrome, it's time to stop. Yeah. And I like to say to the people who love to add acronyms after their names, like MBA or CPA or whatever course, some things are important. Like MD, yeah, that's pretty important. But guess what? That just puts you in a big commodity barrel full of MDs along with a whole bunch of other medical doctors. That does not distinguish you. We talked about differentiation. An MD only differentiates you from what? A vet? that deals with animals and a medical doctor deals with dogs or with humans. Humans. I'm sorry. And a lot of people actually put a lot of stock in the acronyms that follow their name. And they, you can see them on LinkedIn all day long. If, if you want to refer to someone's post and say, this was great. You type in their name and their entire list of alphabet soup comes out in the at tag in their post. You realize, boy, they put a lot of stock in that. And I don't, to be honest, I'm more interested in the people who are one of one than one of many. If you're a CPA, you're one of many. If you're an MD, you're one of many. If you're a PhD, you're one of many. I like to point to personal brands that everybody knows. Think of an astronomy professor or an astronomy teacher. 
How many astronomy teachers can you name off the top of your head? Uh, a lot of people um, might reach back to Carl Sagan. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, if, if you have any in mind, maybe Carl Sagan going all the way back. He's been dead yeah. for close to 20 years. There's one now called named Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. who is the director of the Hayden Planetarium in New York City. And he is the regular man's example of an astronomer. And who gets the phone call when there is something new in the heavens that a TV station wants to talk about? He gets the call. Why? Because he demonstrates his expertise every time. And part of his expertise is the ability to take a very difficult subject, astronomy or black holes or whatever, and turn them into a sound bite that people can understand. And the thing is, I challenge your listeners right now to go to YouTube Look up Neil deGrasse Tyson, Anatomy of a Soundbite, and watch that video where he describes exactly what he learned when he was a young, or he had just started as the director of Hayden Planetarium. I don't know, CBS called him in and wanted him to talk about a new comet in the sky. You know, what happens? They set up a camera, he talks for half an hour, they do the cut, they show the thing, and... All they take of his 20-minute, 30-minute uh, interview is, it's really big. And that's all they show. And he realized, oh, they don't want the 20-minute conversation. They want the 5- to 10-second soundbite that will really make people understand what this new thing is. Uh -huh. And that's when he realized, oh, part of my job as director of Hayden Planetarium, which is a place where people come to be educated about astronomy and all that stuff, I need to be a better communicator. And what he learned about himself was, I am a great communicator. Look at the number of best-selling books he's written. And so he realized, oh, I can differentiate myself by taking a very difficult subject, distilling it down into bite-sized pieces that, one, News producers love to put in their reports. And two, the average person on the street can understand so that they appreciate the job that we are doing here and the importance of it and et cetera, et cetera. He is one of one. He may have a PhD in astronomy. None of that matters. The fact is, he is the Neil deGrasse Tyson, the same way that you are the Robin Graham at <laughs> therobingram.com. Now, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, listeners, I she I was on her podcast and I made fun of her about this in a very friendly way because I think it's really great that your website is therobingram.com. Robin spelled with an a y too. So again, yes. you're playing with that differentiation. But you're also taking credit for the fact that I really am the single Robin Graham, even though there may be other Robin Grahams in the world. Yeah, You're owning your voice. And I know you say, I only did it because there are other Robin Grahams and I couldn't get RobinGraham.com because someone else had it. I'm like, I don't care. It's better to be the Robin Graham yeah, than it to be just plain Robin Graham. Because I could have been robingraham.co or robingraham.net, but I wanted .com because I think there's more weight to it. And so that's how I did that. And But you're right. It stands out because I have that everywhere. And so you said a couple of things when you were talking. And one is that this level of expertise, if we are not communicating that level of expertise and using that to our advantage, nobody's going to know that we're an expert. So we have to hone in on those skills and not hide them because we're afraid of what 
that we're going to be compared to someone else, or we're afraid that we're not going to be as good as somebody else. No one will find you if you keep like your light under the bushel. You have to make sure that you discover what is it about you that makes you unique? What are those life experiences that you've had? What are those few things that you can say in a very short period of time about yourself to differentiate yourself? And I love that you said, he quickly realized that five to 10 seconds was so important because when you think about how much time people spend creating this 30 second message or their elevator speech, and how many times do you hear one of those? And you're like, what does that mean? What do you do? Who do you serve? So how do you, this is as entrepreneurs, this is so incredibly important or small business owners. Like you have to be able to differentiate yourself and you have to do it by communicating and communicating clearly and efficiently, quickly. So I love this. Okay, back to imposter syndrome. When you, so these are my thoughts and I want your perspective, but when you look at imposter syndrome, if you do those things to differentiate yourself and make yourself stand out, number and make yourself, present yourself, differentiate yourself as that expert, you don't have anything to be afraid of. But on the flip side of that, let's talk about how You can look at imposter syndrome to be a motivating factor, to drive you forward, to push you into a new realm of success that maybe if you hadn't experienced imposter syndrome, you wouldn't reach. One of the big things is that imposter syndrome, I think, is actually, if you look at it this way, it's actually a powerful tool to make you better. If you constantly think you're not good enough and that forces you to read through what you've written one more time to look for typos or grammatical errors, spelling or whatever, or you're look and you're not sure it's as tight and sharp enough, if it makes you go through and sharpen it and edit it and make it a little bit better, that's a powerful tool. It's not something to run away from. It's something to embrace. I'll be honest with you. I wish I felt more imposter syndrome because I tend to let, I tend to be a first draft writer, meaning I wrote the first draft. Good enough. Moving on because I'm a bit of a gadfly when it comes to that stuff. Shiny object. Got to go deal with that. If imposter syndrome made me a little bit more diligent on double checking everything I've written to make sure it's as powerful and tight and packed with value as possible, that would make me better, stronger, and more effective at what I choose to do. And all it takes for you to understand that imposter syndrome is a power tool is to stop calling it imposter syndrome. It's not imposter syndrome. It's called diligence. It's called discipline. It's called rigor. You know, I love that word rigor because it's used a lot when scientists talk about the data, how rigorous is the data. Meaning, yeah, you can get data, but rigorous data is like data on steroids, the stuff that's really proving something. Someone shows me data. First thing I say is, what's the sample size? Oh, we talked to 12 people. That's garbage. That's not rigorous data. You come back to me and say, we talked to 25,000 people on a longitudinal study over a two-year period. Oh, that's pretty rigorous data. If all of a sudden imposter syndrome, which makes you feel like, oh, I'm not sure I'm good enough, makes you dive deeper into what you're doing to make it better, stronger, faster, more valuable to people, that's a good thing. Because I don't know about you, but I run around a lot of people who don't have imposter syndrome 
who have the rigor of a snail, or they just don't care. They'll throw stuff out. They'll make a pronouncement loudly from the top of the hood of their car that this is true. Back it up, dude. I can't. We don't need more of them. We Uh need more people who have imposter syndrome who are going to work harder to deliver valuable stuff to people. So embrace it. One of the things, and I know that your audience is primarily women, I want to say to women, I'm a white male American. We run the world. No, we don't. Women run the world. Women need to embrace the fact that they run the world. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be the person up on stage every second of the day, especially if you don't feel comfortable there. But own the fact that you have so much power. You have more potential to change the next generation of humans on the face of this earth than any other thing on this earth. That is power, my friends. Own it and hold it proudly and say, you know what? I don't have to have the light shine on me 24-7. But when it's my turn, I'm stepping into that. Maybe with a little bit of performance anxiety because I don't get to talk in front of big groups all the time. But I'm going to own what is mine to own. My voice, my experience, the expertise I have earned and now am willing to openly share to anyone. And by the way, anyone who takes issue with anything you say, all you have to do is say, well, you know what? You may have experienced something different than me, but this is my experience. You can't call me imposter based on what happened to me. What happened to me is my truth. Recognize that truth. I recognize that your truth might be slightly different, and that's okay. Why don't you share your voice? We could have an interesting conversation, couldn't we? Well, now you're opening up a whole nother can of worms because I am a huge believer in let's get curious instead of judging someone because they have a difference of opinion. Because the reality is we all have that right to have a difference of opinion. But if we don't allow someone to ask us questions and we don't give people the opportunity to answer questions, we'll never know. And I think that's another differentiating factor for your personal brand is how curious are you? Oh yeah. It's absolutely key to what I do on the the creative side of things, especially as a branding consultant and partner for a lot of people. My most important thing that I've learned in my career and as a writer, even as a copywriter was shut up, listen, ask great questions, listen deeper, follow up on the grains of gold that they drop. Ignore the rest. Ignore the stuff, the superfluous stuff. Just ignore that, but follow the the golden path, if you will, that they are laying out in what they're saying so that you understand what not only what they say they want, but what they need. The difference between want and need is incredible. If, and this is a guy who screws up all the time, but has been successfully married for 25 years, I'm and yes, I mess up and I don't practice what I preach and I'm an idiot. And yes, everything my wife says is true, (laughs) but I have learned this. When she tells me what she wants, ask questions until you find out and understand what she needs. Because she wants the shoes off the floor and put away. But what she needs is 
I want you to recognize the fact that I had a really tough day today and it was a real pain in the butt. And the second I walk in the door and I see those shoes over there, it drives me nuts. And I've told you this, I can't tell you how many times over 25 years. And if you just paid a two seconds of attention to everything in the, oh, if she wouldn't even see the shoes, if what I said was, honey, how was your day? And she, it was a tough one. Oh, really? What was so hard? Oh, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, and the thing I've learned the hardest, and I'm a guy. I have to fix things, right? No, she doesn't want things fixed. She wants things unloaded off her shoulders so that she can come home and enjoy time with our dogs and when our daughters are home from college and just sit and watch Yellowstone on TV. Now we're talking. (laughs) Yeah, believe me. I just want to say, Rip makes me look bad. Every single episode. I hate Rip. I love Rip. (laughs) Of course you do. Oh my gosh. I love Beth too, though. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. DP, this has been a fabulous conversation and I hope we have changed the perception of imposter syndrome, because I think it's important to have just like with everything else in life, there's, it's nice to have a balance between the two. And if something can be negative, it can also be switched to a positive. So if we can start somewhere meeting in the middle and use it to our advantage, then we will be better off for it. And the world will be too, because we'll be showing up more and we'll be putting more effort into serving other people. Yeah. Give me just really quickly your last like gold nugget of a tip when it comes to creating a personal brand. I have a concept and this is not unique to me. I just gave it a a cool little name the way I do, which is the key three, put a TM on the end of that. And it's a trademarked key three, three concepts, words, or phrases that consistently and concisely define exactly who you are, what you do and how you do it in a way that people can appreciate and remember, and also that you can constantly demonstrate in everything you do. So the best example I can give is myself. My three key three ideas, concepts, and phrases are actually three words, creative, collaborative, and provocative. I'm creative. That means I will never give you a spreadsheet. I will never talk to you about click-through rates. I will never talk about optimized SEO or any of that stuff. I come up with the weird ideas, the fun ideas, the exciting ideas. I'm creative. Collaborative. I have to work with other people. I am not a poet or a songwriter that's happy to sit up in a garret that and write stuff that no one hears. I have to work with an audience. I have to work with other other creatives to create the stuff I do. I have to, and frankly, I have to collaborate with my clients so that I can have the stuff that needs to be created to create. The third one's the most important and I think the most indicative of who I am in terms of personality or the way I do things. I am provocative. Now, provocative is one of those words that can be net positive or net negative. If I provoke someone to hurt someone, that's a negative thing. If I provoke someone to think more about something in a different way, that can be a good thing. I am a chaotic good, if you are a Dungeon and Dragon player, that is all about trying to get you to think differently about what's challenging you which or what you think you want. Like, you say you want this, but I think you need this. And what happens? We have a collaborative conversation. We calibrate 
my expectation of what you want and I think you need. And then we come with a, up with a solution that is not my solution. It's not your solution. It's our solution. Our solution. Yeah. So my, my question for your audience is, what are your key three ideas, phrases, or concepts that truly define you? You'll notice I did not say writer as one of my key three. I did not say filmmaker. I did not say uh, musician. All of these things I, I can do, but those are not the first principle things of what I do. Creative is that first principle idea. Now, I want to help your audience uh, start their journey, if you will, on this. And all you have to do is go to nonfictionbrand.com slash gift, and there you'll be able to download three absolutely free PDFs that will get you started. One of them is all about developing your key three. And then there are two other ones that are how you can use social media to not just show what you ate today or the new shoes you bought, but exactly who you are, what you do, and how you do it with two techniques. One, and I'm going to tease these, one is called the unselfish selfie. Ah, you can make other people look great. Guess what happens? That makes you look good. Mm -hmm. The other one is the like plus learn to love the plus which creates an idea that will allow you to start building your personal brand today by making every comment you make on social media the start of a conversation with the person you want to be talking to so again go to nonfictionbrand.com gift you don't even have to join my email list because frankly i never send anything to it just download those PDFs and get off your butt and start creating your personal brand and owning your voice. There's only one person with your voice, your experience, and your expertise. And guess who that is? You. That's right. And you are your personal brand. Yep. Okay. So just real quick, I want to tell the listeners. So when I was on your show, you very gracefully pointed out my three keys because you did your homework. You did your research about me before I was a guest on your show. And if you go to my website, everybody can see this, but my three words are phrases, concepts are strategic, creative, and empathetic. So it's funny how we're a little bit different but yet we have similarities and we're doing very similar things for our audience. So I just wanted to point that out because it just goes to show how every single one of us is different, no matter that we're doing the same thing or something similar. All right, listeners, I am going to close out this episode by thanking you for staying till the end. We did go a little long today, but it was a very valuable conversation and one that I very much enjoyed. And I hope you did too. If you did enjoy this show, I would really appreciate it. And I know DP would too, if you would leave us a rating and review. Rating and reviews are how other people find us and get to access this great information. And we want to help as many people as we can stand out, make an impact, differentiate themselves by being who they are and building those empires of success so that we can create that ripple effect of good in the world. So thank you so much, DP, for being here. And listeners, I will see you next week. Friends, did you know that I have a resource page on my website with free eBooks to help you navigate anxiety or to build a successful business? Just go to www.therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download your free eBooks today. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. 
It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.